call you Lady Luck But there is room for doubt At times you have a very unladylike way of running out You're on this date with me the Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie. One of four down the Lord. Uh, I think Harge at one time thought he was close, thought he was getting a little warmer as to what the new theme of New Theme Thursday would be, and now he is once again lost, stupefied, has no idea, like myself, zero chance, what the new theme of New Theme Thursday will be. Hey Patrick, you don't even. It's oh, it's four o'clock anyway, so. What 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 is our thing today? All right, all right, let, let's think about what these songs are about. They're about okay. luck, drinking, partying, gambling, neon bright lights. Oh, Vegas, Vegas Raiders! Vegas. Vegas Raiders! Vegas, right? Yes, and Las Vegas Raiders okay. are on national or well, it's streaming TV tonight. <laughs> We're going to win four yeah. games in Gosh. a row. Gosh. I got to play my Raiders. He said we're going to win four games in a row. You did have the Elvis thing, Elvis in Vegas. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, that's pretty synonymous. Frank yeah, Sinatra? Yeah. Frank Sinatra. Yep. Okay. Rat Pack stuff. All right, I'm with you. I probably, I, I, I wouldn't have gotten it. Did though. anybody get I it know, on the specs text no line? Way I, I didn't say. I haven't seen if anybody got it yet. Yeah. Oh, okay. I okay. wouldn't have gotten that though. There's no way I would have. But it, it does make sense. Thursday night football, yeah. Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah. He's a Vegas fan now. That's what we That's failed right. to realize. That's he is right. now a Las Vegas Raiders fan. That's so, true. So my man Patrick's really excited. Yes, they have won three in a row after losing three in a row to start the season. Mm-hmm. Now they've won their last three. Why you gotta bring up old stuff? <laughs> five and seven, right, Patrick? Five and seven? Five and seven. So you're saying there's a chance. Hey. Five and seven, baby. You know what I mean? I love it. That. Love it. Uh, all right. Uh, thanks to Patrick. We appreciate uh, him on a new theme. We appreciate him every day, but new theme Thursday, him taking pity on us. Uh, but <laughs> Vegas is the theme. Um, so uh, well, that is, uh, we'll get into some more Vegas discussion later on. As a of fact, we're going to preview that matchup uh, tonight uh, between the Raiders and the Rams. We'll get into that coming up a little bit later on in the 6 o'clock hour. Uh, but right now, I want to get into the college football awards yep. that are happening tonight, as a matter of fact. And the Longhorns will be represented because Bijan Robinson, one of the Doak Walker Award finalists. Uh, so Bijan will be there. And okay, first of all, do we think he's going to win the Doak Walker? He better win the Doak Walker. I think that is one award that deserves to be given to Bijan Robinson for the success that he's had on the field this year and the importance of that of him being on the Texas Longhorns. Absolutely. The one question I do have though, okay. Bijan was at the volleyball game today in Austin. I'm sorry, let's go private so, jets. Yeah, I was say, that's what it is, man. Call PJs, there man. it is. Okay. You follow like him when you hit up Matthew McConaughey. Say, hey, Matt, man, can I? And he did say they're best. They're, they're, they're really best close friends. friends. Hey, yeah, man, can you did. hit? Up, can you hit up your friend that got a private jet? <laughs> exactly. I don't know. Matthew McConaughey might have his own private jet, but you know, he I'm got sure one. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, get the thumbs up here. Okay, yeah, yeah. So Matthew, can I borrow the private jet? And man's like, yeah, man. You know what? I'm gonna go with you. I was gonna say, and I'm gonna sing my song while I'm up there when you win it. I'm gonna go with you. Put him in the mood. When you when you're riding in somebody's private jet, you got to deal with whatever they want to deal. That's true. You don't get to make the private jet room. So, yeah, he probably got up there. He's he's big time now. And honestly, the truth is, I'm going to tell you right now, the more and more research I do, 
Oh, yeah. See? We are having fun. fun. We are having having too much fun out here. That's right. Total care, primary care is where we are, hanging out. Um, Just what the doctor ordered. Beautiful women giving us shout-outs now. Now we're feeling ourselves. Hey, now. Hey, now. Total care, primary care is where we are. We got toys for tots, toy drive happening out here. So if you're in the neighborhood, come on out. It's 4410 Williams Drive uh, in Georgetown. Come on out. We'll be out until 7 o'clock. But if you're in the neighborhood, go pick up a toy somewhere. It's fun. It, you it, trust me. You're gonna get this kind of this this little jolt of adrenaline when you walk down the toy aisle. Yep. Go down there. Go pick out a toy that you would like. Trust me, the kid will like it too. Uh, that's because <laughs> you, you can be selfish when you're toy shopping. That's why I like it. I was like, no, I like this toy, so I'm gonna get this toy for the kid. And boom, the toy they will appreciate it. So uh, looking for toys uh, for, to 12 years old, I believe. So don't get any anything too complicated yeah don't do uh, that it's up to about 12 years old but toys for tots we're gonna be out here throughout seven o'clock and uh come on out here if you're in the neighborhood and bring out a toy a lot of fans have already come out a lot of listeners have already come out we appreciate them you also may need to come out here and book yourself an appointment with total care primary care um because uh you might need a checkup if you're thinking you need a checkup you need you do need a checkup if you're thinking mm-hmm. about man i shouldn't i need to get this looked at or get that looked at then you need to get it looked at. Book an appointment with Total Care Primary Care. They're popping up everywhere because they know how to do it the right way. All right? Now, they don't take up too much time. As a matter of fact, Chad had uh, a checkup, an yep. annual here at Total Care Primary Care during the show. Yep, that's how you do it, like, man. Right before the show, he got a checkup, boom, came on the show. It was all good. Um, so that's what you need to do. Uh, they're working around your schedule, and they got uh, tons of options for you to make it fit uh, as best with your schedule. So uh, hit them up. That's Total Care Primary Care. That's where we are. We'll be at another one down south in Austin tomorrow. Give you some details about that coming up a little bit later on. All right, let's get right back to it. Uh, so the Doak Walker Wall. Let's start with the Doak Walker because uh, that's the only uh, Longhorn representation we have at the College Football Awards. Um, you said, you know, you think he should win it and that he will, but I think there could be some sympathy for Blake Corum at Michigan just because he did have the injury, right? And he has more yards than Bijan, but on more carries. So right. He's got like 70 more carries than Bijan with more yards. So that's actually not a, to me, for him, that's not really a talking point. Uh, so you think B. John Robinson gets shut out this year? No, no, no. I'm not okay. saying that. I'm just saying right. that right. just, just so you know there could be some Blake Corum enthusiasts out there like, oh, man, this guy, you know, I, th- I think he deserves it. I was on his way to winning it before he got hurt, that kind of thing. I, I'm with you. I think for B. John Robinson been the best running back in college football for the last two years. And I think tonight – most people around the country have come to that conclusion. So it may not be an award just for this year. I think it'll be more of an award that he probably should have won in previous years too, like even last year. Like B. John Robinson has, in my opinion, probably been the best running back in football the last couple of years. Yep. Um, but, you know, different situations, usage, those types of things. He had the injury last year down the stretch, all that type of stuff. Um, but I think B. John Robinson will win the Doak Walker. If he doesn't, um, that's unfortunate. Because yeah. <laughs> I, really, I, don't, I don't think he's up for any other awards, actually. I don't think so and either. I, I didn't I, see him for the Maxwell. Maxwell. No, nope. I think that's it for him. Yeah. He'll, I'm with you. I'm, I'm almost 85% sure B. John Robinson will win that award. I, I'm 85% sure he's going to win. I'm with you. Yes. I'm, I'm at least 95 because okay, so of the yeah. fact. Because just like what you said, though, I mean, I understand how they feel about Blake, Blake Corum. And he's, he's done a he's done a great job for what he was asked of him at Michigan. But I also look at what. Bijan Robinson is in the national narrative as well. Everybody that has seen Bijan on every TV show, oh, yeah. every radio show, talk about how he is the best college football player at that, set along that. with the best running back in college football. So for him not to win the Doak Walker, 
I think I would feel like it would be kind of a slap in the face for what he's done. So you got uh, Blake Corum, Bijan Robinson, and uh, Chase Brown. That I like Chase Brown too. By of the Illinois, way. good player. Yeah. Uh, yards per attempt. Bijan has the advantage. Six mm-hmm. yards per attempt more than those other two guys. You look at yards per attempt after contact. Bijan's at 3.9. Uh, Blake Corm at 3.2. Um, yards per attempt uh, between the tackles. Bijan at 6.5. Blake Corm at 5.3. Um, yards per attempt when contacted behind the line of scrimmage. Bijan's at 2.6. And Blake Corm's at 1.7. Mm-hmm. Broken tackles per 20 Ding, carries. ding, 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 ding. Uh, Bijan Robinson at 6. 6.7 broken tackles per 20 carries. Blake Corum at 4.5. Uh, Chase Brown at 3.7. So if you look at, yeah. But he's Didn't he, you say he had over 100 missed tackles he that he forced? He has 100 forced missed tackles yeah. and over 1,000 yards after contact. I think he got like 1,005. He's and got 1,066, actually. Yeah, he has yeah. 1,066. Uh, yeah. Muhammad Ibrahim That's the other has guy. 1,065, and yeah. they're leading the Power Five in rushing yards after contact. He's talking about 1,000 yards <laughs> after contact. He's a freak, man. Goes back to that conversation I heard Brian Jones talked about when he said, man, I'd love to see what Bijan can do behind an actual line. They were like, was that a jab? And it was like, well, Rod just gave you the numbers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's big time. Yeah. That's I mean, big time. Uh, I believe Texas actually led the country in yards. Or maybe they were second in the country in yards uh, after contact per rushing mm-hmm. attempt um, as, as, a, as a squad. And I think a lot of that is Rojo. Rojo actually oh, averages more yards after contact per attempt than Bijan. I'll get those numbers for you, but Rojo actually, in terms of when, when, when contact, he's fighting through contact and running through it. He's been as good, if not better. I don't think I've ever Bijan, which is freaky, man. I think I've seen him lose two yards maybe twice in his entire college career. Doesn't happen a lot. It does not happen a lot when Rojo gets the ball in his hand. He's always moving and falling forward. Yeah, uh, LSU is leading uh, the FBS in yards after contact per rusher, three point six nine. Texas is second at three point six six. Amazing. Amazing stats. Talk about though. three yards in a cloud of dust. Yeah, for real. <laughs> <laughs> for real. Okay, I mean, really, that, that is something Texas will miss when those guys uh, obviously are no longer playing. Um, uh, also starting to lean that Bijan, you're not going to see Bijan in the bowl game. Uh, no. And I am also leaning, you're not going to see Rojo in the bowl game. That has not I, been confirmed. That is just Rod B and Rod B's gut and Rod B, you know, feeling the, uh, feel, feeling the vibes, feeling the vibes around him. That you won't see those two guys. Well, I, 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 I wouldn't expect to. Yeah, I exactly. wouldn't want them to p- participate in this. And that was another conversation that was had today, talking about your thoughts on people sitting in and out of bowl games. And I, it's tough if you have an opportunity to go to the next level. And we've seen what happens when some people play in these games where they end up getting hurt and their careers are derailed because of their injury, the oh, yeah. money that they were expected to get mm-hmm. is now gone. I, the dude, they have given you everything while they've been here. They played in last year's bowl game for you, or not last year, two years ago, because we didn't go to a bowl oh, last year. Oh, that's right. It slips my mind. slips my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you sit here and you say, okay, why do they need to come back out there? Now it's time for some of these younger players to get their opportunities to shine and build towards next year. If they want to, great. If I was advising them and they asked me, I would say, no, man, go ahead and get yourself ready for that next level.
Yeah. Um, Rojo and Bijan, eighth. If you look at run rushers with at least 90 attempts, they're eighth and 13th in the country in yards after contact per rush. And Rojo is higher than Bijan. Mm. Man. Well, <laughs> yeah. you got a good backfield, you know. Two-headed <laughs> monster where you gonna, really didn't I'll, need I'll, two-headed I'll, monsters. I'll keep saying it, though. Man, you're going to miss him. <laughs> yes. Just, just forget yes. how many plays should have been negative plays mm-hmm. that Bijan took a three-yard loss and turned it into a four-yard gain. And I know the backs are good. They're good. Jay Brooks is good. Blue's good. The kid they got coming from Florida is mm-hmm. good. They ain't, they ain't, they ain't Bijan, though. Baxter. Yeah, yeah, they're not. Bax is a good player. Yeah. Man, man, Bijan is special. special. Agreed. You're talking about once in a generation. We're talking about Ricky Williams type stuff here, mm-hmm. man. We're talking about, you know, those types of backs. Deontay Foreman is probably a little underrated, but generationally, um, these guys don't come around very often. So, uh, anyway, but I think he's I think he's going to win the Doak Walker Award. He deserves it. And if he doesn't, it is a travesty. Right. It's a, a miscarriage uh, of justice <laughs> if he does not win it. All right, let's talk about some of the other awards. Uh, the Bednarik. Award, uh, which is Defensive Player of the Year. Will Anderson Jr. is up for it. Ivan Pace Jr. of Cincinnati is a linebacker. And Tuli Tui Polioto. Polioto. I'm sure I screwed that up, but I did my best. I think I know who you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> he is the USC player. Yeah. Uh, no disrespect meant because he is a really good player. Uh, but those are the ones up for the Bednarik. Honestly, I think that Will Anderson's going to win it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not sure. I mean, it, all these guys are pretty much deserving of it. But he's going to win just because he's got name recognition and street cred built up now for two years prior to this. I think he won an award last night, I think, for the Lombardi, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. I think he got that award as well. Okay. So yeah. that's why some of these awards, you start looking at it, is it truly just the name recognition for some of these people? Or is it going back to the productivity? Because well, we got a chance to see him up close and personal, he's and he was, he was nullified on all of his big plays. Matter of fact, I think he was offsides like every single play during that he game. He did have like Texas. two, two or three penalties. I yeah. remember that. It's a good point. But he, he, I mean, he he played better toward the end yeah. of the season. He did. Um, he had uh, fifty-one tackles, seventeen going for a loss, ten sacks, twelve quarterback hurries, um, and he ended up with I think fourth in the FBS in pressures. But you're right against Texas. I think that's more of a compliment to Kelvin Banks. Yeah. And the offensive line and yeah. the job that they did early on. On, but I think that he's kind of going to win that award. Um, but honestly, there is a the Ivan Pace kid. I mean, I like he, he should be in the conversation with Cincinnati. I mean, he's a really, really good player. Uh, how about the Belitnikoff Award? Marvin Harrison Jr. up for it, who decided to chunk the deuce to Ohio State. He's not playing in the postseason, right? No, no, in Jigba. In Jigba, sorry. In Jigba is the one that's sorry. not playing. Yeah, yeah, I apologize yeah, 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 yeah. My bad. I yeah. apologize. Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. is up for it. Uh, Xavier Hutchinson, Ohio, Ohio State. Yep. Um, is up for it, and Jalen Hyatt of Tennessee. See, this one is more intriguing to me than any of them. This this award right here is the one that intrigues me because of Marvin Harrison Jr., the way he played, the way he stepped up, but Ohio State always has big-time wide receivers, yep. and he's got a big name. You know what I'm saying? So you look at that. Xavier Hutchison, we saw him, but we saw him also make a big drop in a situation where he could have won the game for Iowa State. Now, he put up some big numbers, and and I get it, and he was the most dominant player on that field on the offensive side of the ball for both teams that day. But that Jalen Hyatt player for Tennessee, 
what he was able to do with Hendon Hooker this year basically came out of nowhere. If you weren't paying attention to Tennessee early in the year, Hendon Hooker draw, drew your eyes there. But Jalen Hyatt st- made you stay there because he had big game after big game after big game. And I'm thinking that this was going, this one right here is going to be the toughest decision for most most of these uh, awards. Yeah, because the stats are pretty close between all these mm-hmm. guys, actually, too. Um, all of them around, you know, 1,100 yards. Actually, Jalen Hyatt, I think, is around 1,267. Exactly. He's got fewer receptions than the rest of those guys, but he got 15 touchdowns. Big boys. So, <laughs> big yeah, boys. 15 touchdowns. I mean, that says a lot. I like my wide receivers to catch touchdowns. Marvin Harrison, he's at 1,157 yards, 72 receptions. 12 touchdowns for him. Uh, so I'm with you. I think this actually may end up being the toughest decision. And Xavier Hutchinson had a really good year, yes, too. Yes, he did. Um, he ended up with a lot of receptions, um, 107, I think, overall, um, 11, 71 yards. So probably not as explosive as those guys and did not have the touchdown. Yeah, he production. didn't have a big touchdown. He only had six touchdowns. So I think that actually may take him out of the conversation. Is he a first-rounder uh, to you? No. But I think he's a good player, but I don't think he's a first-rounder. Okay. Xavier Hutchinson? Yeah. I, I wouldn't draft him in the first round. Okay. Uh, considering how deep the wide receiver position is. And you got so many freaks coming out at wide receiver. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's a freak. He's a grinder. Mar- Marvin Harrison is a freak. Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah. Is, is closer <laughs> to being freak. I think the first yeah. round is for your freaks. Yeah. Because um, you can get guys who are just technically sound and grinders in later rounds. But he's a good player. I, mean, I really do like him as a player. Um, the Let's get to another award. Davey O'Brien. Uh, what is that about Davey O'Brien? Davey O'Brien Award, just so folks know, um, it is tied basically it, this award since 2005. The only quarterback to win the Heisman, but not the Davy O'Brien, was Lamar Jackson in 2016. Hmm. That's because Deshaun Watson won it, and then there was a debate about Lamar Jackson and rushing yards and passing yards and all this kind of stuff. And whether that's a quarterback or not, it's a ridiculous conversation. Um, so it should have been every quarterback since 2005. Um, who has won the Heisman, also won the Davey O'Brien. The Davey O'Brien Award uh, right now, Max Duggan, C.J. Stroud, and Caleb Williams. I think it's Caleb Williams' award to lose, honestly. I, I would have to agree I, with I you. feel like that. And the Associated Press has given him the award for AP Player of the Year. He also got the CBS plus the AP Player of the Year. Mm-hmm. So it just goes back to, huh, are, or, is it all a formality? Mm-hmm. Is it all a formality now? Is he also your Heisman Trophy winner as well? Because it says that the press, the AP Press uh, Player of the Year voting with Caleb Williams, Max Duggan, uh, C.J. Stroud, number number four was Hendon Hooker, mm-hmm. and number five, Stetson Bennett. Okay. So when you start breaking it down in that way, does that pretty much wrap him up for all the major awards now? That's interesting. Yeah, I <laughs> – because they voted before uh, no, the that, championship uh, weekend. That's, that, that's bad. Exactly. I think if they had voted after that, I think, you know, some of those yeah. other guys would have a better shot. I think before that, Caleb Williams was the front runner for a lot of those awards. And yeah. and then, you know, the, the, the nails have become a big issue <laughs> about what he writes on his nails. And he writes F the other team. And some people don't like that. Don't think, they think it's, uh, it's a classless act, that kind of stuff. So I, I think that he – I think he was the things we worry about. Yeah, I think you know what I'm saying. It's I, like, yeah. come on, man. I, I think he was far and away the front runner, but yeah. now po- post championship weekend, there are some people that may feel differently about yeah. that. Um, one of the other uh, awards out there, I think it's interesting, is the Thorpe Award yep. uh, for the best defensive back. Um, Trevius Hodges, Hodges Tomlinson from TCU. 
is represented as a finalist. Clark Phillips, the third from Utah, saw him versus uh, USC in that uh, Pac-12 championship game. And Devon Witherspoon of Illinois, really good player, Illinois. Um, he's got a lot. He's allowed a 24 passer rating when targeted so far this season. That's the lowest in the nation. He's got 19 combined interceptions and forced incompletions. Really good player. That's the most in the Power Five. But Clark Phillips, if you watch that game, it's two. He's got two games that yep, may win yep, him the yep, Thorpe. Yep, yep. The two games Utah had versus USC when he had the assignment of Jordan Addison. And Jordan Addison did not act a fool in either of those games. Yeah, he was acting frustrated. That was the only way he acted a fool because he was upset that he was getting locked up like that. Exactly. Yeah, man. And we've all been there to the point where you're like, man, what can I do to get away from this dude? And the way that they have him schemed and the way he was covering, it was very impressive. And a lot of people have been talking about him as a guy that that – is on a lot of radars because he's so good on, yes. on that back end. So that's a that's a good one. But I like uh, what's his name, Trevenius Hodges uh, Thomason. Yeah, I like him too. LT's he, he nephew, played, yeah, right? he, and he played hard against Texas, and he played hard in the championship game. Yeah, so he's somebody to pay attention to as well. But you're right. It seems like a lot of people really, really like Phillips. Yeah, uh, I like Hodges Tomlinson a lot. He's a really good player. Um, but I thought Josh Newton at other corner, too, was, was really good for them. Mm-hmm. And the Big 12 got a little disrespected in Thorpe this year. Probably should have had Oklahoma State's Jason Taylor Jason on there, Taylor too. On there, yep. He had six interceptions, which would have been tied for the national lead. Uh, Phillips actually has six interceptions, too. So I thought, you know, they should have, he should have got a shot, but he didn't. Um, I think Phillips might end up winning. If he doesn't, it'll be Witherspoon. I don't think Travis Hodges-Thomason is going to win the Thorpe, in my opinion. Got it. Um, but he's a good player, though. Um, I, I like him a lot. All right, uh, what you got coming up on Hard Knock Life? We're going to talk a little bit about the the free agency in baseball this is the time where things have kind of gotten really crazy but i also want to bring up some things about what i heard from the press conference today with coach sark oh that's good all right uh so we're gonna do a little uh smorgasbord on the side got some baseball discussion also gonna throw in some texas football conversation all that more we're live from total care primary care uh, out here in georgetown 44 10 williams drive come out it's a toys for tots drive already dropped me out some toys uh in the box and uh, the box is getting more and more full so it's a beautiful thing we want it overflowing though so if you come out here uh please bring a toy for the kiddos we'll be right back this is Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn. Ladies and gentlemen, guys and dolls, the main event of the evening for your entertainment and pleasure. Mike, you have to be so combative. Now, I probably wouldn't say this in front of white folks, but in front of your own speak my mind. He has emotional anger issue problem. Hey, are you Dirty Mike and the boys? I'm Mike Lowry. Michael! Oh, that's funny. Michael! Welcome back to a new theme Thursday edition of Ball Don't Lie Show. Boy, Hardball Hard. You can follow me on Twitter at Hardball Hard. You can follow my man, Rob Babers, at Rob Babers. And the man with the plan that got us confused, less anything, mm-hmm. breaking out the Las Vegas theme for his Las Vegas Raiders that take on the uh, Rams tonight is our man, Patrick Davis. You can follow him at It's Patrick Davis. We're not in studio, so we're out here hanging out at Total Care Primary Care in Georgetown. People are happy that we came out to Georgetown. We've had people dropping off toys. Make sure you get a chance to get out here and drop off toys as well. It is a great thing. It's a great cause. So make sure you get out here and drop off toys for tots. That's right. So, Rod, you know, we, we've gone through – 
the offseason of baseball. Right now is the winter meetings. I believe they're going to end at the end of the week. And there's been a lot of signings. Uh, We had a big signing last night with Xander Bogarts going to the uh, San Diego Padres. Padres are just coming up with money all over the place, (laughs) and they are making deal after deal. But one of the biggest names that is on the market still is one Carlos Correa. Uh, There's a lot to be desired when you think about Carlos Correa and what he meant to the Houston Astros organization, uh, what he brought to the Minnesota Twins this past year, and the way he's gone about his business. He's he's represented by Scott Boris, so let's put that out there right now. Super agent. So the super agent to the super agents, he is going, and he's very, very tough to deal with. And some guys that I know that worked in front offices and some of the former players that were represented by him, they love him because the, the front offices don't love him. The players love him oh, because yeah. he's going to fight for everything. And the funny thing is a lot of people don't realize this. Scott Boris was a former baseball player himself mm. before he became an agent. So that. he, that's what made him get into it because he saw the, the changes and the differences and where the money was going, how to get the money. And to be honest, I don't think he thought he was that good, but he got an opportunity to be at that place where he can represent these players. So he knows the ins and outs when it comes to the money. He knows the backdrop of a lot of these uh, general managers and these organizations on how much money they have left to be able to disperse it. So it's going to be interesting to see where uh, Carlos Correa is going to end up. But one of the places that they've been talking about is him going back to Minnesota. And I think the the deal is when you look across Major League Baseball and you look at the landscape of Major League Baseball, we talked about it last year. Pena, young superstar, Mm -hmm. grew up right before our very eyes and ended up being the MVP of the, the, the World Series and also the championship round. So, you, you say, okay, whew, we dodged a bullet there. Mm-hmm. We didn't have to pay him that big money. Then you look at a team like the New York Yankees, and you're like, okay, are they willing to make that move? They just signed uh, Aaron Judge. They've been losing to the Astros. And what better way to get back at the Astros than going to get one of their former stars and bringing them in there? Yeah. So you look at that and you say, okay, mm-hmm. is that going to fit for them? Because – we talked about the Padres and trying to figure out where they're getting their money. We know the Yankees got money. They're almost like UT, right? They always say we got more money than the Vatican. They're printing it over there. They're printing it over there. They find a way with all those contracts and uh, the TV rights and Major League Baseball rights and all the things that are involved in it. So you start to really sit there and say, what is that money worth and what would be the best fit for them? You look at the other shortstop position for the Yankees. They, I mean, the, the, the Twins, they've got young guys that they're trying to bring up too. So do you want to take that financial burden of a guy like Carlos Correa, although super talented, yep. but what is our, our ultimate goal? Some teams, they don't play to try to go for the championship. They play to get into the playoffs. They may not have enough pieces to get there. That's when you start looking and saying, okay, do we want to spend that or do we want to start developing some of our young players that will still get us to the playoffs, they'll still get us into the game, but is it going to take us over the top? There's very few players that are out there. So when you look at the shortstop market and what's out there for Carlos Correa, it, it, it may be going back to the Twins. 
because mm -hmm. a lot of people probably are not going to spend that kind of money. The only teams that would spend it, and it may be something that Carlos Correa goes in and says, I want a two-year deal and not that with the opt-out yeah. like he did with Minnesota. and said, hit the market hit again. The market again yeah, many times he can. And be that rental player yeah. basically is what ends up happening. But you also, if you're not going to sign those big contracts, you got to put yourself in a position to where if someone wants to trade for you, where we were talking about Fernando Tatis just a little while ago and what San Diego's done, are you able to do that because who is going to carry those contracts? Those are the types of things now that you got to continue to look at and continue to try to break down. Do you want the burden of that money yeah. that is going to be end up being some dead money, some cap money, mm -hmm. kind of like where Barry, uh, Bobby Bonilla is still getting paid. By the way, he'll be getting paid one more year. Uh, uh, two more years at least from Bobby Bonilla making all that money from that great contract. So with baseball, there's still a lot that is out there. They had the Rule 5 drafts yesterday. There's been a, still a bunch of signing. I still believe that that Xander Bogard's uh, signing by the, the San Diego Padres is something as an insurance mm -hmm. pickup because of uh, Fernando Tatis's situation. And I think it's going to pay dividends because he is one of the slickest fielding shortstops, and he has a great bat at the plate. And it's going to it, the the Red Sox are going to be hurting from that that loss. Mm -hmm. um, another thing I want to transition to is I was on the call today with Coach Sark and uh, Coach DeBoer of the Washington Huskies. And Washington Huskies, by the way, they're their home team. I found that out. I just assumed Texas <laughs> was really. going to be the home team. Not really, but. On paper, they are listed as the home team. And one of the things that Sark pointed out today. Do we icy whites then? Do we get to wear the icy whites? Nice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Stormtrooper, There baby. we go. On, nice. on the road with the Stormtroopers I in the state. It, huh? You know what I'm saying? In the state, right there, which is basically a home game, as you said, mm -hmm. for the Texas Longhorns. And, and Sark was brought. They asked Sark about the last time he was uh, at the Alamo Bowl. And it was kind of funny because he was like, uh, you just had to remind me that I played here 11 years ago, and it didn't go <laughs> as I thought it should, right? <laughs> it, was, it was a bad turnout for my man Sark. But today he talked about the players, and he talked about uh, the how the depth chart has kind of changed already as they get oh, yeah. ready no to move into the, uh, the playoff, not the playoff push, the but the bowl season. practices. Yeah. And one of the glaring ones was we thought this as well, the truth of the matter is now the number two on the depth chart has just turned into Malik Murphy. Yeah, Malik Murphy is now number two on the depth chart, which means there may be a strong possibility of Malik Murphy getting some playing time in this bowl game. And a lot of people have been talking about Malik for wow. the so beginning of the It's going to be a blowout then? Or situationally, we saw what happened with Sam that year. Casey Thompson ended up having to come into the game and had a chance to play. Knock on some wood or something? Oh, yeah, Man, we can always do I'm not putting bad, it out there. Bad vibes you're putting out here. Well, I think it's more of a, a compliment to Malik and the work that he's put in because if you've noticed over the last four or five press conferences that Sark has had, Malik Murphy's name has been in everyone's mouth because of the fact that he's made such a yeah. vast improvement of his time from the injuries that he had when he first got here, where he missed some time in the offseason to where he is now, and with the movement of Hudson Card yep. being uh, in the transfer portal, 
he has now moved up to number two. So his work at his work time is going to be even more suit yeah. because he's going to get more work during this week. So I I'm in the the camp of we will probably see Malik Worth. I'm not saying because of a blowout. I'm not saying because of an injury. I think it's going to be a reward. <laughs> I, I know, but I'm saying that I think it's going to be of a reward for the hard work and the dedication that this young man has shown. And it, a bigger story is it seems that he has moved up to number two ahead of someone like Charles Wright, who was not mentioned in the conversation, which to me leads me to believe that maybe there may be another move in the portal at some point as well. So if Charles Wright believes that he, you know, gonna, he wants to get a chance to play, I, that's how I'm looking at it. Because don't forget, in January, Arch Manning is coming on campus too. So it's moving your possible playing time and, mm-hmm. and time on the field, whether a scout team or participating in regular travel is going to be a little bit different than what it was before. Totally so right. that is something that I, I, I found very interesting today at the press conference. He was asked about Malik. He was asked about – I mean, not Malik. He was asked about, about Bijan. He was asked about Rojo. And those are some still some ongoing conversations that are going to be had because if they are going to announce, that means that they're probably – or if they're not going to be – playing in the bowl game and they say they don't want to play in the bowl game, that leads you to believe they're going to be gone, number one. But number two, that's taking reps away from some of the other guys that Sark is planning on being here next year. So those are two of the things that kind of stood out to me today during that press conference. It wasn't a formal, formal where all of us in the the Austin media Mm -hmm. was there, I believe. The only people that I actually saw that were in-house was Jeff Howe from 24-7, our man Anwar Richardson from Orange Blood, uh, Orange Blood's Kirk Bowles from the Statesman, Mm -hmm. and Joe Cook from Inside Texas. I think those were the only four that were actually in-house in San Antonio for the inaugural press conference. Okay, yeah. Um, And I I know there weren't a lot of, uh, because even Jeff talked about it, there wasn't a lot of bombshells dropped, but you brought up one of the biggest uh, talking points from the press conference that, we do have a now an official announcement on the backup quarterback, yep. and it's going to be Malik Murphy. I um, mean, good for him because uh, there was some talk that you know maybe they, you'd be concerned about him hitting transfer portal. Right. Uh, right, he was displeased with his status, but nope, he wants to stay here at Texas and obviously uh, compete for that spot. And uh, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, you when Arch comes in, you're going to have yeah. I mean, that's what you want. You ultimately want a real high-level quarterback play, but you want high-level quarterback competition. And he did say the quarterback It was comp- wide open. He did say it's open. <laughs> he was wide open. I don't believe him. No. But he said it's yeah. open. Yeah. I don't. I said I don't believe him. I'm take. Hey, look. I'm taking him at his word until he proves otherwise. I feel like this. I feel like it's when Dion walked in and Dion was like, "This is your quarterback, but he's got to earn it." Yeah. Like, that's that's Sark with Quinn. He's like, "This is your quarterback, but he got to earn it." He's like, "Well, you already said he's the yeah, quarterback." Exactly. So. <laughs> exactly. I feel like that's Sark with Quinn, but yeah, it's a, it's an open competition. Uh, but he's that's gotta, what the rumor is for rumor. Yeah, but he's got <laughs> he's got to earn it still. He's got to earn it. Uh, all right, good stuff there, Hearts Knock Life. We'll come back. We'll get into this. Uh, the, my Michael Parsons uh, made some comments via Twitter. Comes up in a little bit of hot water. We'll get into that coming up on the other side right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9. Wings. D.D. 
Mangudu. I'm sorry, Mangudu. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Delhi Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get. They bring the income. Well, congratulations. Continue good sex in the sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live. I can. I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. Welcome back to another edition of Off the Record right here on Ball Don't Lie. We are looking live, by the way, Total Care, Primary Care. Come on out here and join us. Uh, we're in Georgetown, 4410 Williams Drive. We'll be out here till 7 o'clock. Uh, we're out here for Toys for Tots, so uh, Toys for Tots Toy Drive. A lot of kind people have come out here already just to say hi and dropped off a toy in the, uh, the toy bin, so we really appreciate all those fine folks. Uh, it's getting full, but we'd like it to be overflowing. Uh, with toys so if you got some time please stop by uh, one of your local stores pick up a toy and come over and say hi to the crew uh, okay so earlier we talked about the news that Brittany Griner was released in a one for one prisoner swap in exchange uh, for Victor Boot um, and a lot of folks uh, are really happy to see her back home Joe Biden uh, had a press conference President Biden had a press conference earlier today had her wife there with him as well and um you know somebody who was not really happy initially about this um, prisoner exchange? Yeah. Micah Parsons. Yeah, Micah. Micah Parsons thought it was a bad trade. He thought <laughs> it was a Bill O'Brien type trade. Man. Basically, that basically, it, it, it basically the U.S. lost the trade, essentially. <laughs> uh, it really did. He was not happy. Uh, so he tweeted out a couple of things. Uh, let's make sure I get the, uh, the, the yeah. language right here because I don't want to throw it. Because he actually – Tweeted out a few things and then had to uh, apologize. Yep, yes, yep, yep. Uh, on those uh, on those tweets. Okay, so initially, <laughs> like I said, I, I don't I don't know politically where he stands because he tweets a lot and I don't follow Michael Parsons. I don't like either that. like that. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. I don't follow him like that. I don't really know if he tweets a lot about politics or this is one of the first times he did. Um, but there was a post by POTUS, President Biden, mm-hmm. um, that. It was just a post with uh, the wife of Brittany Griner, Sherelle, and it's just a couple of pictures. The vice president was in there too. Kamala was in there as well. And his quote tweet on the tweet by the president was, "We still not voting for you." <laughs> <laughs> that literally was the. Oh, was, and then or before that, um, uh, there was a story uh, from Stephen Portnoy. Talking about giving details about the prisoner exchange, whatever. And Michael Parsons uh, tweet quote tweet on it was, "Wait, nah, uh, we left the Marine?" Question mark exclamation mark Hell no. Nah. Which, yeah. by the way, a lot of Americans absolutely echo that very absolutely. same sentiment absolutely. because it is a bad. It just it looks bad. It's a bad look. It's said Bill op- O'Brien. The optics of it, yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. Bill O'Brien. Gotta, yeah, is it, it? Yeah, Andre Johnson. It just yeah <laughs> seemed like Americans should have some future picks in there somewhere. Right, so right. so it, it just seems like bad optics, obviously, for some that a Marine Paul Whelan is still over there and has been over there. Uh, unjustly detained, uh, wrongfully uh, detained for almost four years. Uh, she was there for 10 months, and a lot of people still say that was wrongfully detained. She did break their laws and had a um, cannabis cartridge, mm-hmm. uh, I believe, in her bag that she said she forgot about. Maybe she pleaded guilty, but for almost 10 months, the diplomacy was you know, breaking down at one point. People didn't think this deal was going to get done, uh, and they did say that they tried a 
America tried a two for two. Uh, they wanted to get two prisoners for two prisoners and make Paul Whelan a part of that with Brittany Griner. Uh, and Russia did not want to. They insisted on a one for one. And right. the one that was easier was Brittany Griner because Paul Whelan being charged with espionage. espionage yeah. They consider that much more serious, heinous, even though America says those charges are false and trumped up made up. I don't disagree with that at all. Um, but that's where we are. But Michael Parsons, oh, and by the way, he walked it back. I was going to say, good, yeah, All make right. sure you talk about the walk back. Walked it back. Um, back pedal there, like he was a DB. Um, he yeah, just spoke to some <laughs> he people. He probably could play DB. He, oh, he definitely could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's one of yeah. the best safeties in the league. <laughs> just spoke to some people that I respect and trust, and I should have been more educated on the topic and not tweeted out emotion for my family and others who have served. For that, I apologize. Also, if what I'm told about the attempts to bring a retired Marine Paul Whelan home are true, then the best outcome was accomplished. I pray Mr. Whelan comes home, but I'm extremely happy for Brittany and her family. I am not too prideful to admit when I've made a mistake. My last tweet was no shot at Brittany Griner. I'm super happy she's back home, as she should be. I just have family who have served, and it's crazy to me. Uh, the president wouldn't bring him home to. I'm the furthest thing from a Trump supporter, but I'm not a fan of Biden either. Yeah, people were calling him past Rush Limbaugh. <laughs> they were, I was wondering what kind of pass Rush Limbaugh. It was great. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. He, he, he. You know, just like everybody else, everybody reacts to things than the way that they feel. And there's nothing wrong with your reaction, right? Yeah. But when you put it out in the world, mm -hmm. you're gonna get some blowback. You're gonna get some different. You know, talked about just like every, everybody had a reaction to the fact, just like he did. Yeah, exactly. Everybody thought it was crazy. Yeah. It's but it was the way of the deal, right? So everybody, you can have your opinion. And two things, like you said earlier, two things can be the same. Yeah, it can be true. It can be true. We're all happy that Brittany Griner's home, but still think Absolutely. it is a travesty that Paul Whelan is still over there in Russia. Absolutely. And that America needs to make it you know, an, ur an urgent uh, priority that, hey, get them home. Yep. And others, by the way, who are wrongfully detained overseas, too. No doubt. A lot of politics involved, and of course, Russia's using this as you know, political pull. extortion. Yep. And yep. These are basically quasi-political prisoners here. And Paul Whelan did say, um, because apparently CBS got a chance to speak with him uh, at one point, and uh, he did say that Russia considers him a spy. Right. That that's that's as much as he knows that they consider him a spy. Like it, it's past now that he was over there and got into you know some unfortunate situation. He said they consider him a spy, which is way more serious than just the yeah, drug so, charges yeah. that she had. So correct. Obviously, uh, that those are serious discussions, but we are happy for Brittany Griner and her family, uh, but also really concerned thoughts and prayers uh, to everybody wrongfully detained overseas. They need to be home uh, with their families. Uh, okay, let's, uh, we'll come back to this conversation. Obviously, it's a very serious one, but we'll come back and get into uh, the, some more NFL news notes and nuggets on the other side. Also, Cowboys, Texans. We'll talk about that coming up as well. All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Home.